0: what is it though
1: it looks like a little piece of dust or something. oh my gosh that wasn't attached to the table no oh Was supposed to be i've never i just thought it was stuck there i've never tried to move it
0: <laughs> for, for how long i since the beginning of time and wouldn't you believe it that is how i started my first podcast I began it like I begin most things, kind of unsure, but where to start, how to begin, and what the hell I'm even doing. But I figured it out. So thank you for listening. This is T. Johnny, and you're here with Quirky and or Queer. For my first official podcast, I couldn't really think of anyone better than my friend Richard Martin, who has also been a huge supporter in me getting this project off the ground. I think I've been talking about it for a couple months now, and every couple days or so, he would message and be like, so when are we doing our interview? So I finally caved and did the interview with him, and it was a really great opportunity to talk about our weird, absurd upbringings and the lives that we've lived lived and continue to live and talk a little bit about his music and his projects and things that inspire him. Richard was a great first guest. He allowed me to use it as a bit of a practice session Uh, but the best part was he allowed me to ask questions such as this. Has this shifted your worldview? So do you consider yourself quirky or do you consider yourself queer? What's your relationship with otherness? Do you have a sense of what like, your core values are? Whoa, okay. Who do I even think I am? Uh, Richard, sorry for being so exhausting, but thanks for letting me live out my Barbara Walters roleplay fantasies. Finally. This podcast recording also allowed me to develop a bit more comfort with hearing my own laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my very <laughs> I like to think I'm a pretty genuine person, but after hearing the sound of my own laughter over and over again, I have my doubts. Thankfully, uh, Richard and I laughed together for the most part. So let's uh, get into it, shall we? Welcome to Quirky and or Queer. We recorded and drank tea in Richard's beautiful bedroom in the north end of Halifax. It was less intimate than you probably think. I'm looking at you, mom. Uh, But we began by talking about otherness. So do you consider yourself quirky? Mm, No. I... No, but... I would be queer. Do you consider yourself queer? Yeah. Do you use that word? Yes. More and more, yes. Mm -hmm. What is it about you that's not quirky?
1: People have told me that I am. So I guess yes.
0: So you consider that other people could consider you quirky?
1: <laughs> like I I would not have been like, I'm quirky. No. But people have told me that I am, so I'm like, alright, oh, mm-hmm. I guess so.
0: What is it about you that's not quirky?
1: I just don't think that I analyze myself in mm-hmm. that way to like
0: Oh, so you like just don't classify yourself in like one specific box sort of thing? Just not that one. I just like hadn't <laughs> I just I just like
1: trying I hadn't tried to fit myself into a Quirky or not quirky box. Quirky or quirky box. And oh,
0: that should have been the name. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, I missed opportunities. So we started off the interview with a few laughs, but we kind of quickly dived into discussions about queer identity and what it meant to be queer. It's like, how would you say it? Like, give me a moment. When you're like, queer. This is a spelling bee, by the way, and <laughs> you are <a> state <laughs> champions. Um,
1: A situation where I would use that, uh, usually in queer spaces, people are like, what are you? Tell me why you're here and what makes you valid in this space? And they'll be like, I'm queer. (laughs) You show them your queer card? Yeah. Yeah. Which is usually just, I assume, you like saying that you are and then that's enough. Yeah. I just like strut into a space and Mm -hmm. people are like, okay, if he's not, then... Mm -hmm. I'm not sure
0: what's real anymore. My worldview has shifted. <laughs> oh, no. He has nail polish on and heels, but he has a yes. beard. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to go back and watch a few episodes of Ellen so I can understand what it means to be gay. Uh, <laughs> he didn't shave his legs, but he's wearing short shorts. I don't know how to live my life anymore. <laughs> but girl looks good. Richard is fierce and fabulous. It's pretty clear to those that know him, his style aligns with his values.
1: Uh, What is the... Rating of this podcast. What's, oh. the, what's the censorship of this? If you um, ask a question and I'm like, well, fuck that, is it going to be immediately cut? Or can I be like, well, that I don't bitch know. is a cunt? Or no?
0: I mean, the only person who's going to listen to it in the immediate future is my mom. Sure. So bring the fire. <laughs> You all couldn't see (laughs) Tyler's
1: face, but I wish that you could have.
0: Yeah. As I stare down the microphone, which is actually placed right at your crotch. So it's like, I said, bring the fire while like (laughs) direct line to your
1: crotch. And I can't really, I'm like trying to not manspread, but the table's just in a a weird place. Well, for context,
0: we're in your bedroom. So Mm -hmm. like, if you're ever going to manspread, this is the place to do it. You have full agency here to spread the man. You're right. Well, you've said that you don't identify as quirky, but you do definitely identify as queer. Um, so people have called you quirky. Yes. What, do you, what is that like for you, to be called quirky? Fine. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's fine. So people call you quirky, and yeah. do you think it says something more about you, or the, them, and their perception of you, or... Ooh...
1: Uh, I mean, I, I think it says something about both of us. True. Like, yeah. me me and the person, people who have said that about them, yeah, their perception of me, but mm-hmm. also, like, what they... how they perceive the, like, dominant culture. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because for me to be quirky... quirky? Quirky? How do I say that word? <laughs> I'm gonna listen back to this yeah. and be like, fuck this <laughs> Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so they... The, yeah, their perception of dominant culture If I don't fit into that mm-hmm. Then I guess They will use that word Or others to, to classify you yeah. yeah Hipster's another one mm. that's often Tossed my way When people call me that I'm like, am I? I guess I do things that aren't yeah. Considered normal mm-hmm. So I guess
0: I am It's funny though, hipster though is It's like, that is essentially The status quo now for a certain, like, yeah. age and, I guess, quality of persons. So like, Yeah. Because um, I remember when I first heard that word, I actually went for Halloween once as a, oh my god, I'm going to regret saying this, and this probably won't get on there, art fag, is what I was calling myself. Wait, in your day-to-day
1: life, or that was your costume? That was my costume. So you in art fag costume was just Me hipster. now. <laughs>
0: It was a self-fulfilling prophecy. I went with thick-rimmed glasses. I wore tights. I had a bandana around my neck and a denim jacket on. I love it. That's basically my today aesthetic. (laughs) I
1: think that I literally wore that to the club (laughs) (laughs) last Saturday. Yeah. And then danced for three hours straight. That's exactly what you wore last Saturday, Saturday. yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So, I'm no stranger to putting my foot in my mouth. In 2010, when I decided to dress up as an art fag, which for the record I regret, I was definitely experiencing uh, an internal conflict with my identity and my queerness. This was shortly before I decided to move to Newfoundland and go to school to become a sea captain. A sea captain, as in, the person who pilots vessels at sea. Before this, I had spent three amazing summers working aboard a sailboat for tourists, dressed primarily as a pirate, and burning sausages for customers in the Halifax Harbour. I loved it. But this experience intersected with my own internalized issues around my sexual identity and allowed me to convince myself that I would best serve this world as a sea captain. Turns out working in a male-dominated, fairly toxic, and isolating environment was not the right choice for me. Go figure. So I dropped out. Well, first, I did a work at sea intercession with my classmates where I was the first to get seasick and puke. This prompted my classmates to give me the nickname Chunky. Then I dropped out. From here, Richard and I discussed otherness in queer spaces, primarily about the feeling of being disconnected from mainstream queer experiences. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll just say experiences like that. Mm -hmm. um, They make me kind of hyper aware and conscious of my own like quirkiness in a Mm -hmm. way that is like you have a room full of mostly successful heteronormative, some of them masculine-presenting mm-hmm. um, white gay men.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? And I, I think I'm a pretty oddball person anyway, but some of them being in spaces like that and make me like whew, way over the edge. Mm. It's like when you go to Thanksgiving and you start making jokes about share because you're gay. It's almost like convenient. You're like, all right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So do you find that you... Is it conscious? Like, are you making a Sometimes. choice to sort yeah. of like up your own ante?
0: If someone laughs at my first joke, then I'm like, "Your jokesters arrive." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a bit conscious, and it's definitely a huge coping mechanism as well. So it's yeah. it's a bit of both, I guess. Yeah, I definitely it's like one of those things. If you if you perform something long enough, it just becomes who you are. Right. You know. Yeah. Um. Thankfully, I'm not in those spaces often, and I'm glad I access those spaces and go to those events. But I do find them to be challenging. Yeah. Because even in a wonderful, weird community of queers that we have here in Halifax, I still always feel like I'm on the fringe. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that way?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of the things that I find very difficult is time. (laughs) And just (laughs) in what context? Uh, there are, as you say, there are a lot of great people here. Yeah. And you can't make time for everyone, like it's impossible to Mm -hmm. have the depth, like the relationships with people that you may want, Mm -hmm. because there are just too many people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) too many like wonderful people, and it's impossible to get to know each and every one of them.
0: Um, I definitely find that as I've gotten older, um, I've leaned more into my, I guess, otherness Mm. you know and embraced it in a way that just doesn't have to be a celebration It was just sort of like this is who I am mm-hmm. it's not just coping mechanisms it's not just um, expressions of insecurity it's just like mm. my personality right. and it's weird and it's wonderful yeah what's your relationship with otherness oh
1: my uh when I was growing up I was trying to like be popular because I thought mm. that was important were you popular? And, yes oh, and
0: wow. and must be nice.
1: Like, Sorry, <laughs> but part like part of that though was also like making sure that everything I did and how I presented to the world allowed me to exist mm-hmm. there. So all of the things that I wanted to do that would fall outside of that, mm-hmm. I immediately was like, "Oh, I can't do that." Oh, okay. Like what? Um, I mean, not be straight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah number one i guess you had to put it on you know like it's just like not have sex with girls (laughs) not that that's all straight is
1: but right yeah um so yeah that was a big one Mm -hmm. i'd say when i realized like oh i don't think that i exclusively like women when was this what oh i mean looking back it was from like (laughs) It was from seven minutes ago when you were taking my picture, and I was like, oh my
0: god. For a second there, I thought you meant that you, all of a sudden you didn't like men. And I was like, oh, I look oh. good when I take photos, don't I? And then I was like, oh no, the other way. Yeah, other like, way. I was I was making a joke. It was good. I ruined it. It's fine.
1: <laughs> you better keep that whole thing in there. The breakdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll
0: have more. Oh, all yeah. right. <laughs> um, Specifically breakdown.
1: Maybe. Or we'll keep deflecting until after. Yeah. You never know. Or,
0: <laughs> I just keep imagining, like, when you, you watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. And so when they do, like, the, on the next episode. And this season in particular yes. has been very dramatic. And I so love it. we could just, like, I could cut up, like, advertisements for these podcasts and be like, on the next episode, Tyler has breakdown 839. It's episode three. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um. But I don't want to, you know, get too real world without this no do get real world oh yeah All that's right. what people want is it? it do you think yeah i don't know i think we spend so much time trying to figure out what's we can commodify <laughs> about our own personal lived experiences mm-hmm. namely like a podcast perhaps yes. called quirky and or queer mm-hmm. Keep <laughs> uh, <listening>. yeah <laughs> yeah uh thanks mom <laughs> and that one cousin i don't talk to <laughs> oh you know who you are now cousin <laughs> yeah. damn yeah um but we spent so much time commodifying like our lived experiences that it's like, I don't know, who are we? What do the people want? From here, Richard and I discussed representations of queerness and otherness in the media. We touched on topics from 7th Heaven to Gilmore Girls to RuPaul's Drag Race. I see Richard as being so consistently and beautifully radical in his presentation, style, and interests, so I wanted to learn a little bit more about his worldview when he was younger. How did it inform or reflect his otherness? Were you critical of that, that hierarchy and like that embrace that like kind of, I guess, lifestyle from a young age?
1: Not... I mean, in in the capacity that I could be.
0: Yeah. Where he's like, "Mom, the patriarch is making do the dishes." <laughs>
1: um, yes. As soon as I learned that word, I was really very yeah. Like, from the from the age of like four or five, I remember. Um, and my mom continues to deny this, but I remember <laughs> telling my mom that she should get divorced. What at five? Yeah, and. She was very, I mean, clearly upset. <laughs> um, but, like, I'm, I knew from a very young age that, like, what was going on wasn't working. Okay. Like, I could, like, see the cracks in the facade, and I was like, mm. this is some heaps of bullshit. Mm-hmm. But it was what the people around us expected.
0: Yeah. Your parents are still together? No. Well, they're not. Yes. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I just assumed they were for some reason. No, you seem uh, so well adjusted. <laughs> Maybe that's why <laughs> they
1: they got divorced when I was nineteen. Oh,
0: Do you think like an experience like that would like promote I guess a sense of otherness or or I guess taking on different identities outside of the status quo? M- mine. Yeah, I just because I think I I think I know a lot of people who come from. Like less traditional families, or I guess that's traditional now. Most like, it's more people are likely to get divorced than they are to stay together Mm -hmm. forever. But Mm -hmm. I think that going through that kind of challenge and trauma in your teens and young adulthood, I've experienced that other that kind of generates maybe conflict within the person that could come out as quirkiness or otherness or Mm -hmm. you know soul searching. Yeah.
1: However, I also think that it took me moving to Halifax and Mm -hmm. being like fully separated from all of the constructs that Mm -hmm. sort of upheld the person that I was built to be as a kid Mm -hmm. it took me moving here and having none of that to fully start to understand myself just Mm -hmm. as like a general human person and Mm -hmm. um, yeah it's been like wild and exciting but that wasn't until i was like 22
0: yeah and how old are you now 26
1: 26 27 in like three weeks in three weeks yeah what
0: are you gonna do for your birthday
1: uh i don't <laughs> know direction change <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i might it might be like be releasing my music which would be oh yeah pretty
0: cool to do that around then um yeah Cause you're, you, cause I know you're a songwriter and musician and you're a writer and you do creative things. Mm-hmm. Um, what other identities am I missing? What other things ah, would, other you describe, would you describe yourself as? Oh my
1: gosh. Um, I guess I like to explore uh-huh. stuff and whether that be like nature or like art stuff, but I like to dabble in other stuff. Like I like to draw and paint and mm. take a pottery class for the second time. Mm. Um, like to run I'm, I signed up for a 50 kilometer race this what? summer and that's going to be
0: that's more than a marathon isn't it f-
1: yes it's an ultra marathon technically um, and then there's the 100 kilometers and then there's the 50 kilometers
0: 100 kilometers uh,
1: the 100 miler oh, is 160 kilometers Yeah, they have 36, have 36 hours to run it we also have 36 hours
0: to run the 50 but like yeah. you could walk that I don't have the ten. endurance to drive 167 kilometers.
2: <laughs> I <guess> you <laughs> yeah, do.
0: Barely. I have to stop for a donut at like um, kilometer 100. Oh, I mean, you have food and water with you. If you didn't, <laughs> yeah. you would die. Oh my there's gosh. There's also,
1: there's like first aid and like rest stations
0: along the way. Mm, so you can like, like stop Padres cry. and like <laughs> to do my last rites because I'm going to need it. <laughs> like um, kilometer five. I think growing up with a sense of otherness, you are often aware of inequities. As Richard says, you see the cracks in the facade. So much of the experience of growing up different involves reflecting on where you think you fit. I don't think this is limited to just marginalized groups either. Pretty much everyone has an experience of otherness. Some are just afforded more privilege and opportunity. For instance, being able to record a podcast mostly from your mom's basement, even though you are in your mid-30s and should have maybe, oh, I don't know, settled down and had a family like we were all told we were supposed to do, is preferable. Or maybe it isn't. As you can hear, Richard is incredibly eclectic in his interests and motivations. It's part of what makes him so special. He is releasing his very first album this month, and I had the opportunity to photograph his album recording at the Music Room in Halifax in the late fall of last year. We talked a little bit about his motivations for recording his album and what draws him to the music that he creates.
1: I would say music is the thing that I'm, the thing that I'm good at. Mm-hmm. Which is, even saying that is, feels weird. Um,
0: you recorded an album. I was yes. there. I took photos. <laughs> I said that with upward inflection, like it was a question, <laughs> but I know the answer. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna release it probably around your birthday.
1: Yes, early to mid February is the plan. Mm.
0: What are your thoughts about that?
1: Um, it's both very exciting mm-hmm. and also uh, nerve wracking. And then I'm like, why is it nerve wracking? Mm. I go through like a cycle of being like, this is amazing, and then being like, holy shit, what the fuck am I doing? And then mm-hmm. I shouldn't care this much about it, or like I should be able to. I should be able to be like, this is good because it is i think and then and like therefore because it's good let other people listen to it and that'd be fine and let them like experience it and um have a like form an opinion around it Mm -hmm. and that should be fine but it terrifies Mm -hmm. me
0: (laughs) fair enough putting yourself out there is pretty intense yeah putting yourself out there is intense But Richard does it with compassion and whimsy. I think many of us who have experiences of otherness within our own communities are drawn to creating and putting ourselves out there. I know I was and currently am. There's a particularly dark period between 2000 and 2004 where I wrote a lot of deep, personal, and terrible poetry. Now I just hope people will listen to this podcast and let me take their picture. Richard was kind enough to allow me to use one of his songs for this recording. I had asked him which of the songs in the album was most representative of his experiences with otherness. Um I like to think of like motivations in life as like either pushing or pulling me. Mm-hmm. And so pushing me is like sometimes I have to do things but it doesn't feel right. And then mm-hmm. there are things like creative pursuits that pull me, that like kinda of draw mm-hmm. me and it's it's less like I don't need as much of a catalyst to get it started or to like okay. think about it. Do you have a sense of like things in your life that are pulling you right now?
1: Pulling was the one- Yeah. such a clear analogy, (laughs)
0: right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was was drawing you in a good way? Like creative things? Okay. Like compelled, almost. Yeah, um, things that pull me in my life right now. Well, I mean, like my my music is something that definitely continues to Mm -hmm. pull me in like a mostly positive direction. The EP is just going to be called Live at the Music Room. Okay. Um, yeah, it's like eight tracks. Cool. Yeah, hmm. it's very exciting. Where'd you get the name from? The opening song is called A Song for the Tide. You probably
0: said that. Well, you definitely said it at least three times. Yes, <laughs> I
1: know. Um, yeah, and that was, it's the, the oldest song that's on there. I wrote it when I was in living in New York, England. Um I felt a very deep connection to that place while I was living there, um, and also was very much missing uh, Michigan where I was going to school, and then also really missing people from home, which was Ontario, where I grew up, and I just felt a very intense hmm. pull in all of those directions, and it was, yeah, like a, a weird feeling. Uh, so For the Tide is the name I'm going by. Sweet. So For the Tide. For the Tide. Yep. Um, Songs for the Tide is my Instagram
0: handle, I guess is what it's called. Um, and then... Is there any song on your album that you think is, like, most indicative of, like, your otherness? That describes it or... Yeah.
1: Yeah, um uh this uh, the second song is called come on over and come on over okay the first two chunks of it are i mean the, the lyrics are quite direct but literally talk about m- my attraction to the spectrum of people mm-hmm. and my queerness mm-hmm. but like the whole i mean the whole thing is kind of about my queerness and otherness in some way um, because a lot, a lot of the songs are love songs to some degree, mm-hmm. and if I love someone, then it's a queer love, because it's yeah. who I am. So, um, but Come On Over specifically stands out. Yeah, as, I guess if someone were to hear that and be like, I think that this gentleman is straight, I'd be like, do you? <laughs> that person you likes listening? queen! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. that person likes queen and hates gays. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Take note of the thoughts he conjures. Skin to skin means more when your heart is sure Or empower your soul with a touch of gold from her lips, so bold, so ready for you to come home. I've heard so many words about these desires of mine, find it hard to keep track of this verse these rhymes I don't find these rest too restful anymore and now I know for sure not even love can hold me not even love Tell you anything about what love should be, oh, oh, oh. And who are you to tell me anything about what love could? Be?
0: just listened to for the tide with the song come on over from the album live from the music room being released this month february 2019 i love the fabulously quirky and or queer people in my life and in this community of halifax nova scotia throughout halifax there are people rejecting the status quo and disrupting inequitable patterns through their art and their existence richard's music is filled with references to the things that push and pull him that label him and define him like his music richard is unique and queer
1: the fact that i'm queer informs how i approach Mm -hmm. everything like because i had to critically think about my own identity in Mm a in a way because as a kid i was given expectations like this is how you shall be and it will fit fine Mm -hmm. and then at some point i was like
0: it doesn't Well, I think as soon as you have a a sense of otherness, it makes you wonder, what am I here for? Right. Who am I?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So very Barbara Walters. Who are you?
1: (laughs) A plus podcasting work. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm so happy I got to interview Richard for this first episode. I learned a lot about the process of interviewing someone for the purposes of a podcast, but I also learned a lot about Richard. Thank you for listening to Quirky and or Queer. Background and intro music is provided by Field Note. The song is called French Boys. You should look it up. Uh, Thank you to you for listening and to Richard for joining on the podcast. And also again, always thank you to my main sponsor, my mother, because without the freedom and privilege of being able to live in her house, I would not be able to do creative side projects. Please follow Richard on Instagram at songs for the tide and look out for his first album and music videos live from the music room out this month. There was about an hour of material from the interview with Richard that I didn't have Time to put in to this podcast and I'm hoping that some of it will show up later in a podcast focused on how awkward and weird the world can be but for now I will leave you with this little tidbit without context thank you so much for listening goodbye did not know what to say or do where <laughs> that was that was what came out you were yeah there like, was an accent it was, oh I put gosh. on a, an accent and said <laughs> what a nice day for a gangbang what a nice day for a gangbang <laughs> um yeah, I am a mess. <laughs> <laughs>